Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. God's been speaking to me. You know, we were in uh, prayer on Monday night, and and the Spirit of God said that this summer was going to be a summer of establishing. Amen. And I said, this summer is going to be a summer of establishing, establishing some things in us. Amen. And 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 when He said that, Amen. I I, I thought, well, that's good. Let me let me. When the Spirit of God speaks something to you, how how many of you know it's not just a, a good word and then you forget about it? When the Spirit of God begins to say something to you, you then have to steward that word and begin to ask him, what are you trying to say to me, Father? What is it that you're trying to speak? You know, when the Spirit of God has pastor call you out and lay hands on you and say, this season is changing, this thing is moving around, this thing is turning, and then that's not just a word for that day, that is a word for the season that you're in. And so there's a time to begin to steward that word and speak that word and write that word on the wall and make it plain so you can run with it. Amen. And so when the Spirit of God said, this is going to be a summer of establishing, I began uh, on Thursday to kind of just share with Pastor what was on my heart uh, uh, for, the, for the teenagers. And he said, that sounds like a good Sunday night message. And you know what? I, I, I heard that from, from the, when Pastor said that, the Holy Spirit said, yep, I, had a, I have several messages that I have in my back pocket. You know, preacher always has a couple, uh, couple messages sitting in the back pocket just in case Pastor says, hey, it's you tonight. See, when, see, some of y'all who get to do Wednesdays, you know, y'all get like a month and a half advance notice. And that's grateful for that, right? And, and, and what have you. Pastor don't give me no month and a half notice. He'll, he'll tell me after church on Sunday, you doing tonight. And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. So I learned, I learned early on, you better have some things. The Bible says be instant in season and out. Amen. So, so I, I ha, I've had some, some things rolling in my heart for, since the beginning of the year, really, just, just some things. And, and yet when, when pastor said, that sounds like a good Sunday night message, that was the word of the Lord unto me. Amen. You know, when the pastor says it sounds like a good message, then you better get it out and preach that thing, right? Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God said, said this is going to be a summer of establishing. And, and, and uh, uh, I just, I kind of knew what establishing me- meant. You know, it means that it's supposed to be there. You know, it's supposed to. Uh, uh, but, but I just, I felt impressed. I don't always look words up. Uh, I think sometimes that can be a little corny in messages. But, but, but when the Spirit of God says do it, you got to do it. Amen. He takes the foolish things. Y'all say, thank God he's using Steve. Amen. It says, uh, establishing just simply means set up on a permanent basis. Come on, I believe God is wanting to do some things this summer that have permanent, a permanent basis in your life. I believe that he doesn't want this, it to be a summer slump or a summer uh, 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 fling or a summer relaxation. There is some relaxation that's going to be happening in the natural. People are going to be going on vacations and what have you. But I believe God's got a plan for this summer to begin to establish some things in us as a church that become permanent in our lives. Amen. There's some things. Glory to God that God has to establish to make permanent in your life because it's part of your foundation for the next level, for the next step. Amen. He's wanting to establish some things in your life that you don't just flippantly go off of later on. There's some things that he wants to put in your foundation. Amen. That will establish you in truth so that you you have a firm foundation for the things that are to come. 
Hallelujah. Say, establish me, Lord. So I'm going to be talking about immovable uh, tonight. Ooh, isn't that nice? Um, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll, we'll start there. The presence of God is here. Amen. Typically, we pray over the word, but if you're needing a prayer by now, my God, you, my God. Come on up. Hallelujah. We'll lay hands on you, saturate you. We'll have the elders, Doug, and he's elderly, so he can come up. Amen. He, he fits the word. Amen. He likes the teenage lingo, he said. Hallelujah. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50. Let's start in verse 57. And it says, but thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We've been doing a little bit of that. Amen. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, in this in this chapter, uh, Paul was kind of wrapping up with talking about some some things uh, uh, about our final victory in our final days and 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 the things that 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 are of eternal weight. He's kind of talking about some of these things. And, but then he says, but uh, uh, thanks be to God. He just got done saying death. Where's your sting? Hades, where's your victory for the for uh, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The victory is ours. But in verse 58, he then begins to say, therefore, my beloved. Come on. I, when, when I notice something in the scripture that has that kind of intro, therefore, my beloved. There, there's, there's things that when the apostles are speaking in their letters to the church that they, that they wrap with my beloved or my brethren or, 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 or those, those saints that they're beginning, they're beginning to speak something that is really dear and, and, and meaningful to their heart. They're beginning to say, come on, you know, when you, when you tell your wife, now listen, baby, I, I love you. And, You're not just going to say, could you sweep the house for me? Because then you're going to get popped. Amen. When you say, hey, baby, I love you. And then you say something, it's usually going to be something that's meaningful from your heart. It better be. All my ladies said amen. And so Paul's saying, he's saying, thank God we have the victory. But then he switches gears just a touch and says, therefore, my beloved brethren... My beloved brethren, he's saying the, the ones that I love, my brothers and my sisters, that I love dearly. That's what he's saying there. And he's saying, he's saying, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work, in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in, is not in vain in the Lord. He's saying, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I believe that there, there's many uh, calls like this one, but this scripture just kind of wraps it up nicely. But there's many uh, 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 exhortations from the, from, the different, from the different epistles that have this same, this same uh, uh, theme. Be, my beloved, my brethren, don't, don't be shaken. Don't get off course. 
course. Don't, don't give in. Don't give up. Oh, all the more. Just continue to press in. You know, he, the, the apostles were wrapping up their life. They knew they didn't have a lot of time on earth. And so when they were speaking these kinds of things, they were speaking words that would, that would impregnate the churches that they were writing to with a word that would continue to give birth in their lives so that it would hold them true and hold them stable and hold them steady in the times that were to come because there were going to be times of persecution. There were going to be times of of false doctrine. There was going to be times of false Christ getting up and saying different things. There was going to be all these things that were to come that they weren't going to be there for. So they left words like this. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, and always abound in the work of the Lord. So when Paul's saying this, he's not just he's not just playing around a little bit. He's not trying to wrap up that part of the uh, of the message and just have a nice little uh, uh, caption at the end so that somebody someday down the road could have have a nice message to preach. No, he's pouring out his heart to us by the Holy Spirit to let us know that there's some things that need to be established in our life. Amen. If there is a summer of establishing, if it's a summer of establishing in your life, what does that mean? That means there's some things that you need to get steadfast. There's some areas that need to get immovable. There's some areas, amen, that need to need to have some concrete to them. Amen. You know, when you put something in concrete, you mean it to last. You're not trying to move it out soon, right? You put posts in concrete because you want them to stay there. You, you pour a foundation with concrete because you want it to be there. And so, so Paul's saying something like that. Um, so I, the, the Greek here too, Greek word for steadfast. Y'all didn't know I was a Greek scholar, right? No, but I know how to use the internet. Somebody say amen. The Greek word for steadfast means morally fixed. Fixed in your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings. You're telling me you can even have your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings fixed, fixed. Come on, didn't didn't Paul say something along the lines of set your affections on things above? Set your affections. See, the very fact that I was looking up there like there was a scripture up there or something. The very fact that it says be steadfast declares that you have a you have a choice whether you're going to be steadfast or not. Come on, God, God, like Pastor was saying this morning, he makes some amazing things available. He makes some amazing things that belong to us available for us to be uh, uh, in, in an experience of whether, uh, wh- and it's all up to us whether we want to go there or we don't. Amen. And so the very fact that he says be steadfast means you have a choice whether you're going to be steadfast or you're not. It's your choice. And, and, and I like that because God, God believes about us. Amen. He sees us in faith and he sees us with the, with the ability to be steadfast in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our feelings. Somebody say, get your feelings in line. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your feelings in line. Amen. Whenever the, somebody's acting up and saying things they ought not to say, say, get your feelings in line. When somebody gets angry, amen, because you forgot to take out the trash, speak the truth and say, get your feelings in line. Hallelujah. When you forgot to uh, uh, pay the light bill. Amen. And, you're, and, and, you're, and your husband's mad at you. Say, get your feelings in line with the word. Amen. Or not. I don't know. That might not be a great idea. 
but it'll preach. Amen. Uh, it says, um, sorry, I'm a little stirred up tonight. I'm trying to behave because I don't want y'all telling the pastors. Now, when y'all were gone, Steve, by the way, the pastors are on their way to California. And they're not just out sick or anything. They're, um, they're on their way to California uh, to be in the Holy Ghost meetings this, this uh, week. So they're going to have an awesome time. Remind me at the end we're going to pray over them. Amen. Um, it says, uh, being fixed in your thoughts, emotions, and feelings, firm in purpose. Firm in purpose. I believe that God is wanting to establish some purpose in us this this summer, this season that we're in as a church. Begin to establish some purpose in what in in what we're doing. Amen. Begin to establish some some purpose in some that that have kind of lost heart. But begin to establish some purpose in those that 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 maybe have have taken a, a step back. There's some purpose that God is wanting to establish, and it, and it also means not given to fluctuation or moving off course. Say, don't fluctuate. It says not given to fluctuation or moving off course. Say, I'm not going to move off course. That was weak. Say, I'm not moving off course. Immovable simply means not to be moved from its place, unmoved, firmly persistent. Amen. So he's saying be steadfast, be immovable, be fixed in purpose. Don't be given to fluctuation. Don't be given to being to get off course, but stay firm in your purpose. Stay firm in what God has said. Stay firm in the words that God has spoken over your life. Stay firm in the mission that he's laid on your heart. Stay firm in the plan of God. Stay firm in the things that that he's put in put on your life to do. Amen. Stay firm in your marriage. Stay firm. Glory to God as a beacon in your family. Stay firm where your kids are concerned. Stay firm, amen, for those at work that you're believing God for. Stay firm for those that that are in the body that need prayer. Stay firm, glory to God, where where your finances are concerned. Stay firm, hallelujah, with the dreams and the visions that God has put in your life. Stay firm, amen. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't back off. God's saying, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So there's a couple, a couple of things that, that, um, you know, I see in this God, you know, God is obviously big in his church and his people. I'm trying to hurry. So y'all relax. Uh, God is big in his church and his people being firm. I mean, he refers to us as mountains, as buildings. He's not, he's not saying we big. So, so, so that, so ladies, you, you just relax. He's just saying, he's saying, you know, you're building, you're a mountain, you're living stones, you're, you're built into a house, you're an oak of righteousness, you're a cedar, you're a palm tree, you're planted by, by the water and you shall not be moved. These are the kinds of descriptions that, that God speaks over his body and over his people. He's looking for a people, glory to God, that will be so rooted and so established in him. So that's, that's the first point if you're taking notes. One, get planted planted in him or become more planted in him. Glory to God. He's looking for a people that'll be so established in him. So, so permanently fixed in him. So concretely established in who he is. Glory to God. That it doesn't matter what comes hell or high water. They shall not be moved. Say, I shall not be moved. 
Yeah, but I don't feel it. I shall not be moved. Yeah, but I'm not sensing the presence. I shall not be moved. Yeah, I haven't had a tingle. I shall not be moved. Yeah, but the situation looks bad. I shall not be moved. Yeah, but my kids are raising hell. I shall not be moved. Yeah, but my finances are going under. I shall not be moved. Yeah, but it's not working out. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. Glory to God. I went kayaking a couple weeks ago, and, and I was was kayaking down the water with, with a couple of the the fellas from church. Amen. If you missed out on that fellowship, it was a fun time. But we went we went kayaking, and when I looked to the left and I looked to the right, I saw some cypress trees that had been planted by the water, and by the looks of them, they haven't moved for a few hundred years. Come, come low waters and come high waters and come storms and come rain and come hurricanes and and come this president and that president and come this financial status and that financial status of the economy and come this, this, this debate and that debate. Those trees have just been standing there tall and strong, not being moved. Not having concern for what's going on in in this arena or that arena. Just like a tree planted. We got to be planted in him. We got to have our roots. If we're going to get more established in some things, the first thing, the most for, the forefront thing that we have to be established in is him, who he is, who he is in us, our identity in him, who he says we are, who he says we, what, uh, what he says we have, what he says we can do. We have to let the roots of our, uh, 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 of ourselves begin to grow deeper into what he has for us, who he is in us. Amen. The identity that we have in him becomes bigger and more established, more fixed, more permanent than any other thing that we identify with. Hallelujah. We identify identify with Christ more than I identify as a worship leader. I identify with Christ more than I identify as working down at such and such job. I identify with Christ more than I more than I identify as a student or, or or a husband or a wife. Before I identify as a husband or as a father, I'm identified in Christ Jesus. I don't gain my worth and I don't gain my my status and I don't gain my confidence in the way that my wife may may or may not be treating me or whether my kids are doing this or doing that. My uh, my roots are firmly planted in my identity and who Jesus is in me and who he's made me to be. My, my roots are, are in him. And just, and just like a tree, glory to God, my roots go down deep, amen, in who he is in me. And so whether my wife is treating me good or my husband is treating me good or my kids are treating me good, glory to God, that doesn't have a right to say how my day is going to go or how I'm going to think or how my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions are going to be because my identity, my roots are not dug down into my wife. My roots are not down, dug down into my family. My roots are dug down into Jesus. Some of y'all been getting moved because you've had your roots in the wrong place. Hallelujah. When your roots are, are in, in what, your, what, your, what your marriage looks like. Come on, God's talking about families today. I don't know if you've noticed this. 
So I'm just trying to stay with him. If, you're, if your roots are, are, are dug into what your family looks like and what your family may or may not be doing. or what, Come on, people get identity in a lot of different things. They begin to take identity in a lot of different areas. They begin to take identity in who they are at the job or what kind of business they own or what kind of car they drive or what kind of status they have down at the, at the chamber. Or, or they take identity in all kinds of different things. But, but God never intended our identity identity to be in these things of this earth. He wanted us to be just like a tree, glory to God, that was planted in him, amen, so that our roots could grow deep. He said, he is the vine and we are the branch, amen, and away from him we can do nothing. So he knows that, that, that and he is, he's calling us for, for an establishing of our roots in him like never before. Hallelujah. Whew. Come on. God's good, isn't he? Matthew chapter 7 and 24, you know the story. I'm don't, we don't have time to read it tonight. But, but God, Jesus is give, given this, this parable, and he says uh, there's, there are those that there's a, was a wise builder. The Bible refers to us as builders. What are we building? What are we establishing? Amen. Uh, and he says, he says there, there's, there is a wise builder who heard the words and did them, and he was likened unto, unto a builder who built his house upon a rock. And when the winds and the storms and the waves came, he said the house was not made moved. Glory to God. So, and then he says, then there was one who, who didn't hear and didn't do. He just, he just came to church. He just shouted. He just praised, but he just, he just, uh, 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 gave in the offering, but he wasn't, he wasn't a hearer and a doer of my word. He was just one that liked to hear the message. He was one that got excited. He was one that maybe shouted a little bit, but, but he wasn't a doer of those things that he heard. And he likened him to an unwise builder who didn't build his house on the rock, but build his house on the sand. So when the same winds and the same storm and the same waves came and bashed against his house, that house fell. So can you see that God's into establishing some things? He wants to establish you in, in the truth. He wants to establish you in who you are in him. He wants to establish you in, in the plan of God. He wants to establish you. Say, establish me, Lord. You know, the winds and the waves, they, they come to everybody. And I just, I just have learned this. God's been teaching me this. Thank you, Father. That you don't find out where, what your house is like until the winds and the waves do come. I said, you don't find out where your house is until the winds and the waves come. We, a lot of us pray, Lord, don't send the waves. And God's not sending waves, but he allows waves and winds to come. Why? Because he knows where our house is. And he wants, he wants us to see that our house is built on the rock. Hallelujah. He knows. The, the Bible says he doesn't allow anything that's, that's too hard to come upon us. Why? Is he, just, is he, is he mean? Is he, is he hard? No. He knows what's in you. He knows what kind of strength you have. He knows what he's put on the inside of you. And I submit to you that you don't find out where your house is, what kind of walls you have, what kind of foundation you have until the winds and the waves are, are there. 
Amen. But how many can testify they may have maybe even recently been through some winds and the waves, but they're still standing. Come on. Hallelujah. I said, how many can testify that they've been through some winds and been through some waves and maybe there's been a storm or two, but my God, you're still standing. Glory to God. Because it wasn't about you. It was about who was on the inside of you. It was about who God made you to be. It was about the rock that you were built upon. And so it doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what the winds are in the way are called. It doesn't matter what name the enemy puts on it. You shall not be moved. Hallelujah. So he said, he said, you know, we, we, we had a leak in the roof a couple of weeks ago. Whoo. How many, how many like having a leak in your roof? You know, right in the living room. I felt like, uh, what movie was that? Willy Wonka where they had like the buckets all over the living room, you know? And I'm like, Jesus, deliver me. So I call, we called the, uh, the, the roof guy. And I got up on the roof and, and showed him where, I, where, where the leaks were. And he said, oh, no problem, no problem. We'll take care of it. And so he, he goes and he fixes it. And you know what? We had about three to four, five days of sunshine. I didn't... The, he said the roof was fixed, but I didn't know the roof was fixed until when? Until the rain came. Come on, some of y'all been complaining at the rain, and God's got the rain there. He, he, he said, you shall walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you will fear no evil. The rain's not there to stay, but the rain is there to show you, glory to God, that there is no leaks in your roof, glory to God, that there's no problem that you can't handle. There's no situation that's too big. There's no problem that God hasn't already taken care of. There's no situation that your identity in him won't hold you and keep you firm through the walls of who he he says you are will not be shaken they will not fall but the house glory to God that God is building you into glory to God is on a firm foundation amen so don't be mad at the winds and the waves and the rain be glad at the fact that you are in a house that can't be moved that can't fall man the rain came down this afternoon and instead of putting out buckets I was resting in the presence of the Lord Knowing all my, all my roof was fixed. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't know, you don't sometimes know what, where you're, and maybe you say, well, you know what? My roof is leaking. Well, guess what? God, Jesus started out as a carpenter. And he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. He can fix your leaky roof. He can fix anything that seems to be shaken in your foundation. If you begin to notice something eroding in your foundation, say, Father God, you said that this was a summer of establishing. Hallelujah. I ask you to establish in me those things that look like they're beginning to erode. But I know the truth that I am built on a firm foundation. So, Lord, show me the areas where my roof might be leaking. Show me the areas where I might not be uh, uh, have my foundation as firm as it needs to be. And God will come in and fix that thing so you can rest easy in the storm. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, praise God. Where has the time gone? Um, Miss Iris keeps amen and I keep preaching and time keeps flying. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, get, stay planted in the body. Get and or stay planted in the body. I said, get and or stay, depending on where you're at. Amen. 
Because we got a lot of different people in the house tonight. Maybe you just are just now getting planted in the body. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been planted in the body. Well, praise God. Stay planted in the body. There's, there's something about being planted in the body. Turn over real quick to Psalms 92, verse 12. Say, I'm planted. Hallelujah. What I say, Psalms 92. And in, ver- in verse 12, it says, The righteous, say, that's me, shall flourish like a palm tree. He didn't say it might flourish. He didn't say it could flourish. He said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted where? Hold up. Those who are planted where? Shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Hallelujah. All my white-haired brothers and sisters say amen. Hallelujah. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be what? Fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it doesn't matter where you're at, uh, uh, age 18 or 82 or or 95 or wherever you're at. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can be fresh and you can be flourishing if you're staying planted in the house of the Lord. It says... uh, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know, I, I was looking at this, um, and I don't know about you, but I kind of understand righteousness shall flourish like a palm tree because you go out into the woods, and there's just palm trees in Florida all over the place. In the drought, they're still sprouting, and, and, and they last. Amen. And, and palm trees are cool, too, because they're rough and spiky on, on the outside. They're durable. They, they don't get hurt. But on the inside, they're soft. You know, the, uh, the heart of palm, who's had a heart of a palm? That's illegal, I think. So, y'all, I'm calling the authority. No. But, you know, you have a salad. So it's not illegal, is it? Brother Steve knows. Thank God. Hallelujah. Rayleigh's husband's not here, so yeah, so we're okay. He's a fish and wildlife officer, so we're okay. We can have heart of palm all night tonight. Amen. But it's cool because palm trees are so durable, but they stay, stay so soft and sweet on the inside. Woo, so just like a palm, I understand flourishing like a palm. I get that because I'm a Florida boy. I was born and raised here. I understand that. But I don't really know much about the cedars in Lebanon, do you? So I had to look up. I'm like, God, what, what, what is this about the cedars in Lebanon? There, there's a lot of talk in the Old Testament about the cedars in Lebanon. So they must have been something nice. I, I, you know, I'm like, Lord, what, what is going on with these cedars in Lebanon? I like cedars. I like the smell of cedar, right? Somebody else does. Praise God. That makes two of us. But it says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So I began to look up some of these attributes. What's, what's, what are these attributes to a cedar in Lebanon? And I just found these inter- interesting. The, the cedars in Lebanon, in Lebanon are only found in the Syrian mountain range from 6,500 feet to 8,000 feet. They don't grow down, down below. And I thought, you know, that's interesting it says that the, the righteous will grow like the cedars in Lebanon. There is only, I'm still preaching about being planted in him. You're only going to grow 
when you're spending time with him. You're not going to you're not going to grow in, you're not going to be like a cedar of Lebanon growing and being established if you're not up spending time with the Lord. Amen. If you're not up in the presence of the Lord, if you're not up spending time in his word, if you're not up in that place where the glory of God does dwell, if you're not going up to the right hand of the Father where you're seated at and taking time getting established in who you are in Jesus, if you're not taking in that glory to God, you're not going to be like a cedar because those things only grow up in the mountain range, only where where the place on high where God has seated you are you going to actually grow from that place. Amen. So that's that was interesting to me. One of the other things about the cedars is that they grow in such a way that that they their branches intertwine with one another. Their branches intertwine with one another. And the intertwining of the branches in a, in a cedar forest in Lebanon, it, 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 the way that they grow together and intertwine with one another, it keeps them strong from storms. It keeps them strong from wind. It keeps them strong from, 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 the, from the very uh, boisterous weather that's up at that kind of sea, sea level. You know, going up into the mountains, it's cold up there. It's windy up there. It's, it's snowy up there. It's boisterous up there. But there's something about the way that they grow together. And, the, and uh, doing a little bit of research, it says that, that actually if you see one that has somehow grown by itself out, into, out in another place away from the forest, away from where they typically grow together, it's very unsightly because the, the, branches, the branches don't have anybody to be connected to. They don't have another branch to be connected to. There's sometimes in your life, glory to God, where you need the branches of somebody else to reach out and to hold you steady in the storm. There's some times when you're going to have to have a brother or a sister, glory to God, to reach out and intertwine their branches with you. And you may not like them sometimes, but there's sometimes where you're going to have to be, be in, intertwined with other branches. So just, you're going to grow, but you're not going to grow out there and, and be unsightly. If you go out and try to grow on your own, you're going to be unsightly. You're not going to be strong in the storm. You're not going to be strong when the winds come. You're not going to be strong. They're, the Bible say, uh, uh, says, says these cedars and, the, and these, well, the Bible doesn't say this, but the Bible says we're going to flourish like these. But, but the research says, y'all hush. The research says that their roots grow down and grab hold of the rock of the mountains. Woo! <laughs> come on. When you're in your place, when you're connected with brothers and sisters in Christ, when you're seeking him, when you're, when you're planted in him, glory to God, the roots, your roots begin to grow down deep and grab a hold of that secret place, uh, that secret place in the presence of the Most High. Amen. And you begin to latch on to that rock that's immovable. Amen. We're a mountain. Amen. The Bible says that, that we're, we're like Mount Zion. Amen. We're unmovable. Glory to God. And when you, when you are established, when you're established in the place that God has for you to be. Amen. I don't know where that is, but the Holy Spirit has, 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 will witness with you where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, the things that are on your, on your life and on your heart. When, he, when your roots begin to get down in there, you won't be moved. You won't be shaken when the storms and the rain come. Amen. Them cedars are always green, always full of life. No matter the season, they stay green. I like that. Whether it's summer, winter, spring, summer, or fall. Y'all, I thought y'all were just going to join right in with me. Y'all just left me out there hanging. Always green. 
Oh, no matter the season. Amen. So, so it doesn't matter if you're in a season of rain, a season of, uh, of wind, a season of storm, or a season of sunshine and bright, shiny days. Glory to God. You're going to stay green. Amen. Uh, I like this too. They have an aroma, the aroma of these cedars. You know, how are you talking this long about trees, Brother Steve? These, these cedars have a woodsy scent to them. And that scent is actually off-putting to pests. Come on, that's good. When you're planted in the place where you're supposed to be, gather with your brothers and sisters, there is aroma, an aroma on your life, glory to God, that is off-putting to the pests and to the, to the things that would come and try to attack your life. Amen. So they may try to come and get on your bark, but they're not going to stay there long because the aroma of Christ that's on the inside of you and the same spirit that's flowing on the inside of you is flowing on the inside of your brothers and sisters, and you're locked in, you're stayed in with them, glory. Glory to God. And the aroma of you, but not just the aroma of you, but the aroma of the, of the forest, glory to God, keeps the pest away. They can't come in and bury their head into that bark. And I like that. I also like that they have a fragrance that's very attractive to man. Come on, when you're in your place, glory to God, you, when, you're, when you're doing what God's called you to do, when you're locked in with your brothers and sisters in Christ, when you're not backbiting and backstabbing, when you're not being mad at this person and that person, but you got your branches locked in, glory to God, it's attractive to the men that God's called you to reach. It brings people to your way. Mm, something smells good. Doesn't the Bible say that we're the aroma of Christ in the earth? Come on. You can't be, you can't be sm smelling good off by yourself. You need to be planted in with somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. Turn to the other neighbor and say, not you so much. Uh, I'm just kidding. Gotcha. Last, last point, and I'll wrap up with this because, oh, can I say this real quick about being planted? Getting planted will cause you to be useful instead of useless. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. It'll cause you, it'll cause you to be fruitful instead of fruitless. It'll, it'll cause you to be protected instead of neglected. Some people, some people get offended and get, get off by themselves, and they get in a place where they're neglected. Because they don't, they're not locked into their brothers and sisters in Christ. It, it'll cause you to be durable in the middle of the test. And then I like this last one that he said. He said it'll cause you to be stable instead of a mess. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need that. The third point, and I'll wrap up with this. Get established in the work of the Lord. Ooh, I got two amens. When we start talking about getting outside yourself, see, all, the other two was about you, and you was like, oh, yes, Jesus, amen. But then when we start talking about you helping somebody else, I get two amens. Identifying the heart. They're seeing the problem. I'm singing it so it'll go down easier. 
get, I mean, Paul said, sometimes abounding in the work of the Lord, right? He said, occasionally, occasionally vacationing in the work of the Lord. He said, take seasons where you really get into the work of the Lord and then take seasons where you're more interested in yourself and you're working on you. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. There'll be sometimes when you're working in the Lord will actually pull you out of a funk. There'll be times when you go to do something for somebody else just because by God you know you need to. Then it'll pull you out of a slump. It'll pull you out of a depression. It'll pull you out of a funk. It'll pull you. But if you stay self-centered and self-interested and self-protected, glory to God, and you don't let your branches grow into somebody else and be touchable and be reachable, glory to God, then you'll be out there looking unsightly all by yourself, not smelling good, amen, and the bugs getting all up on you. But if you will get over yourself and let and, and get past what you think and what you're doing, glory to God, and let let your branches go and touch and reach somebody else, glory to God, and go ahead and abound in the work of the Lord even when you don't feel like it. I guarantee you, you'll get some things established in you that are unshakable. There's something about getting outside of yourself and getting to somebody else, doing for somebody else. You weren't born for you. You, we were never made to just serve ourselves. That's not, that's not what we we're created for. It's really not even in our DNA. And that's why people get so frustrated and confused. And the more time they take for themselves, the more depressed they get. And the more, the more they draw away to, to try to recharge or refuel or re-whatever, the, 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 the worse off they get. But when they open up and actually reach out to somebody, glory to God, then all of a sudden there's some light there that's able to shine and to begin to let the darkness flee. Amen. I'm telling you that I'm telling you it, it works every time. The enemy always wants to fight you to retreat, to back off what you're doing. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit says thus say, says the Lord, you're doing enough, just relax. No, he's always getting us to gear up for more. Now, I'm not talking about not being smart and, and, and overworking and, and, you know, I'm in the nursery and I'm in the slide department and I'm going to try to get in the sound department too and I'm, and, and I'm feeding the hungry on Saturdays and, I'm, and, on, and on Mondays I'm at prayer and Tuesday. I'm not, I'm not saying don't follow your heart, but I'm saying God will always lead you to reach out to somebody. He'll always call you to reach out into somebody else's life. Amen. There's different, there's different personalities. There's different, different gifts. There's different callings. But there's the same Jesus on the inside of every one of us. Amen. And he's always reaching out. He's always touching others. He's always, amen, always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always looking for a place to, 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 to let God use you and to speak into somebody else's life, to encourage someone else, to love on somebody else, whether that be in, in the in the walls of this church or whether it be out on the, out on the street or whether it be in the grocery store or whether it be down at the at the clubhouse athletics or whether it be at your workplace or whether it be down at the mall amen always have your heart open and always be looking to abound in the work of the Lord because when you're abounding in the work of the Lord you will not be moved off of your course you will not be given to fluctuation you will not be given to be moved off your purpose because 
because you've got emotion in your life that is moving you forward to the work that God has called you to do. And you have a purpose to reach other people. And I believe there's some establishing that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in us as a church to get outside of ourselves to a degree that we have not yet. Ooh, telling you the amens are slim pickings. Slim pickings. Let me put it a little more direct. There are some things the Holy Spirit wants you to do to get outside yourself in this season that you've not done before. You. You. It says always abounding. Not always doing a little. Not always doing just enough. Not always will I serve once a month. Not always will I... Come on, some of us, some of us check some things off of a list because, because we think we're doing enough. I'm not saying you got to do this and that and the other. I'm saying seek the Lord, see what he has to say. I'm saying ask him because he knows what work you need to abound in. And I'm saying there's some people in here who will actually find themselves free if you'll just obey your heart and walk and do the thing that God's asking you to do. You'll find yourself the freedom that you've been seeking, the freedom that you've been struggling with, the freedom that, 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 that has been kind of... Uh, seeming aloof, if you will go and do the thing that God has asked you to do, if you'll get on your knees and say, God, what work do I need to be abounding in? What thing do I need to reach out in? What thing? Because see, what what God's called me to do isn't what God's called you to do. So you can't look at me and say, well, I don't want to do what Steve is doing. I don't want to do the things that he's called. You're not called to be Steve. You're not called to be pastor. You're called to be you. But there's a grace on your life and there's a person and people that God's called you to reach in the place where you are and He's just asking you to to seek him, and he'll tell you where you need to reach out to. Come on. Brother Dan's not here, but I'll brag on him. I, I, when he got up here on the, uh, the other night for the believers meeting and said the Lord told him he was supposed to be the encourager. And he said, you know, that I was the least likely, the least likely person. That's the way God does things. Let me just tell you, that's the way God does things. He'll take the least likely and make a make an encourager out of you. He'll take the 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 least lovely and make a lover out of you. He'll take the ones that 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 seem so so built up and protected and he'll he'll cause you to be able to open up to people in a tender way that nobody else can. Come on, he'll take the areas where you seem weak because in his in our weaknesses he is strong. It is his grace that makes us sufficient. If it was all about us and what we had and what we brought to the table, it wouldn't bring him any glory anyway. But God is is calling us to be established in some areas, glory to God, that when the winds and the rain and the, and the waters and the storms and everything else kind of blow and, and try to threaten, glory to God, we're so established in him, we're so established with one another, and we're so established in the work of the Lord, we're not getting off our course no, no matter what happens. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.